Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I am so honored to be here with you today. It is a gift to be in God's house. And my message today is titled, Missions, the Heart of Heaven. For the three people who take notes, you're welcome. So, missions, the heart of heaven. And I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna explain a little bit of that, but we're gonna start rocking and rolling. And so, Matthew 28, most of you should, would know it. It is uh, Matthew 28, 16 through 20 is the Great Commission. And let's, I'm gonna read it and we're gonna keep coming back to it throughout my message. It says, 11 disciples traveled to Galilee. You'll see it on screen. Traveled to Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. He has just risen from the dead. He has conquered hell and the grave. And he said, guys, I need you to meet me. So they go run into Galilee to go and meet him there. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But in yellow, repeat after me, but some of them doubted. Isn't that interesting? Some of them doubted. Let's go on to the next verse. It says, then Jesus came near. We're gonna come back to that. Some worshiped, some doubted, but then Jesus still came near. And he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Next verse is therefore go and make disciples of all nations. This is the typical one you would hear. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next verse, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And read this with me and be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. I love that verse. That has been a life verse for me from when I was 12 years old, when Pastor Jim prophesied over me saying, this is what you are to do. And I think it's really interesting and I love God and I love that God doesn't miss anything. I love that God is in the details. There's nothing that like slips past him or anything like that. God's been pretty clever. God's got a good memory also. He never forgets. And I wanna see by a show of hands, how many of you were here for at least a Sunday or all the last four Sundays for our message series called Kingdom Culture? Let's see. Awesome, I love it. Okay, this message is gonna be really awesome. I'm so excited. Kingdom culture has been incredible. We needed a biblical worldview for how to move forward in the ways that God has called us. We did, first weekend was what, creation? In the garden with God, Adam and Eve, connected to him, face to face with him, communed with him, talked with him, walked with him, all that kind of stuff. Then the next weekend we talked about the fall, right? Where sin came into the picture and sin separated man from God and the repercussions of that. But then we go into redemption. John three sixteen. most of us know it. If you could say it with me, say it with me. For God so loved the world. Yep. Good. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all got to read it. Right. <laughs> There's one translation. It's from the CSB translation. I love that it says, for God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only son. And I love in verse 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The only way man would be able to dwell and commune with God again would only come through an ultimate sacrifice that Kevin talked about earlier when we took communion. That sin costs us something. 
that God in his kindness loved the world in this way, loved you in this way, that he sacrificed his most loved so that you could be loved. Let that sink in for a minute. It shouldn't make sense to you because a love like that we've never even touched. We've never even seen except from God himself. And then after that, we see redemption. It's the, after redemption, it's the new creation. The beautiful picture of what's to come when Jesus comes back again and all will be made right once more. The new heaven and the new earth. And I, that is my reason of going, I think God is really detailed really intentional because from Genesis 3, the fall, to Revelation 21, the new creation, God's been all over this setup for today because without an understanding of kingdom culture, missions just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to you at all. It wouldn't make sense to me at all. Missions can easily look like a handout. It can easily look like a vacation or a check. I did my good deed for the day. But I'm here to tell you today, my friends, that from Genesis 3 to Revelation 21 isn't just a for fun, cool when you feel like it message. This is missional. God has been on mission from Genesis 3 to Revelation 21 to restore back to his original design for man and him, which was what? To be close. And we get to be a part of that message. We get to be the carriers of the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came, that he died for you and for me, and that he rose again, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back again. You can go, okay, cool, that's awesome, I love that so much, but I will tell you this, Paul, one of the greatest missionaries besides Jesus, who also killed Christians before he surrendered his life to the Lord, told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter one, I am the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of the worst, yet God still calls me worthy of carrying his message. So I'll tell you right now, none of you are excused, nor are any of you disqualified. Because Paul himself, a murderer of believers said, God still calls me worthy, so if he says it, I guess it's done. Because this word matters. So let's go back to Matthew 28. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I love that. When I read that, I was like, whoa, this is cool. Because you can read, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, cool, Uh, whatever. You see it in Hobby Lobby. You see it in Mardell's. You see it on your notebooks and all your things and all your t-shirts, cool. Some worshiped, but some doubted. And when I read that, I was like, I was talking to the Lord. I was like, God, that's so cool. Because even in the presence of the risen king, some fell to their faces and worshiped him and some were still going, I don't understand. What relief that brings me that we can be in a worship service like today and somebody next to me can be bawling their eyes out and I'm standing here going, okay, do they need tissues or like, Pray for them, love you. Pastor Eugene or anybody can be up here and talking and somebody can be like, oh, oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And then somebody go, okay, like, but I still got questions. It's okay. Some worshiped, but some doubted. It's okay 
when God brings something to you or presses something on your heart that some people respond in, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And then some people go, wait, I need, uh, I need some details. It's okay. Because I love what it says next. Then Jesus came near. He came close to his disciples, the worshipers and the doubters, and came close to them and said, listen to me. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I have been given all authority. And then the next verse goes on to say that he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It's okay that you're a doubter right now. It's also okay that you're a worshiper right now, but I'm giving you an assignment, even in your doubt, even in your fear, even in your insecurity, I'm giving you a purpose. Church, listen to me today. If you've been wondering what your purpose is, I'm so glad you came today because this is it. This is my purpose. This is your purpose. Go, therefore, doubter and make disciples of all nations. Go therefore worshiper and make disciples of all nations. I love it. It's Miss Heidi has told us this. If you've been in any of her Bible studies or anything like that, you have heard her say, what is discipleship? Teaching others what God has taught you. It's as simple as that. So you could get saved today and have something to teach somebody else. You could be walking with God for a hundred years. And if you are, let me shake your hand because you're a hundred years old. But You could literally be going, anything I have to bring, let me tell you who God is. Let me tell you what I'm discovering him to be because we're all on a journey. Nobody has arrived. Nobody has made it. We won't reach perfection until the other side of heaven. And guess what? It won't even matter then because we'll be in the presence of God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and going, nothing else matters anyways. This is what we've been trying to do all of our lives. Our purpose is to give God away to those who have no idea who he is. Can you imagine going through hardships without the hope of Christ? Can you imagine going through grief and loss in insurmountable pain without the hope of what his word says? I'm here to, ooh, lost something. I'm here to remind you today. There are people on this earth who have no idea, who wander and go, is there any hope for me? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is this ever gonna get better? And we, imperfect people, have the honor of sharing a perfect God with somebody going, let me tell you where your hope can be found. I'm not perfect, I got my stuff. I'm a hard-headed person. I know what I want when I want it and I am not short of opinions. I'll tell you that those two down there have had to pull me back 10 million times over to go, hey, chill out. You're freaking out for no reason when I'm going, oh, my life is over. (laughs) He grounded me. I can't go to my birthday party. Like, whatever. Guess what, teenagers? You're going to live. You're going to be all right. I'll tell you that, friends, my middle school baby's over here. The Great Commission is not a suggestion or an afterthought for when you feel like it. The word commission itself for the three note takers, the definition is this, an instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or group of people. But this is what I love the most. A group of people officially charged with a particular function. Officially charged. Think about that. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords 
who spoke nothing and the earth became something, who sent his only son that he loved the world in this way, that he made the ultimate sacrifice to bring back redemption into the lives of men and women, to go, all I wanna do is be close, has given each one of you an assignment. That he has given William an assignment. That he's given Haley George an assignment. That he's given Jackie an assignment. Every single one, Julian just steal, Andrew, every single, I can start calling all the people out. He's given me an assignment. He's given Pastor Eugene and Miss Heidi an assignment. This is our assignment. There's an identity and a purpose that's been given to us. A group of people officially charged with a particular function in the body of Christ, AKA here's what you are to do with your life. And it is found in Matthew 28. If you ever searched and wondered young people, go to Matthew 28, there's your purpose. The Great Commission, Brendan said in the video, our, our superstar over here, Brendan said in the video, the Great Commission is our great assignment and we take it seriously. I would even dare say that if you, until you start walking in your God-given identity, in your God-given function, in your God-given purpose, and until you do that, you will never feel fulfilled. You will always want more. Your heart, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, eternity is written on the hearts of man. You long for it. But it's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you your time. It's gonna cost you your talents. And it's gonna cost you your treasures. Some of us are not even willing to pay that price. But also, let me just make something very clear to you that just because you're not traveling to a foreign country every year doesn't mean you're not walking and living in your God-given purpose. We all have a mission field right here where we are that God has entrusted us to live by example in real life and on social media. But I'll let Pastor Eugene and Miss Heidi deal with you on that one, okay? I could tell you the countless stories of what God has done in my life and the lives of those who have stepped out and said yes to going and living on mission locally and globally. Because the global church could not exist without the local church. What you learn here, my friends, is not just for you. Because you and I, especially Hannah Corinne Reisner, was not created to be the center of her own world. I'm a horrible God. I'm a horrible person to look to because of how imperfect I am in my own life. And so are you. What we take here is supposed to be brought out there. And what we do out there in the kindness of God, as we give out, he fills up to bring back in here. So let me tell you, for those who go on missions trips, you know what I'm talking about. We talk about it on the last couple days every trip. What are you gonna bring back home? Because it isn't just, okay, cool, the mission trip is the end result. No, it's just the beginning. So we come back going, no, put to practice what God taught you out there to benefit here. And then what you start learning here, go bring it back out there. Because we've reached the lost, disciple the found. That's what we're after. And so when we do that, when the local church and the global church work together, that's when we see heaven come. That's when we see heaven and earth meet. Going, man, I feel the smile of God. Man, this is so incredible. Why does it feel like even in the midst of all my junk, I feel like I'm gonna be all right? Because you're right in the center of God's will. And if you've never felt like that, I pray today 
You feel like it when I give you a challenge at the end of this. A perfect example of living your life and giving it away is Sam George. Haley and Carly over here at Wave Queens. Love you. Okay. Sam is Haley and Carly's dad, and he and his wife Kim uh, had them lead a mission trip a couple of years ago for their very first time, and they were so nervous, and they're freaking out, and I'm like, listen, this is your great purpose. This is your great assignment. You're going to do awesome, and they're like, and I went with them, and I was like a fly on the wall, but man, did God wreck Sam's life in the best kind of way. Okay, We all can drive around Opelousas right now in any part of St. Landry Parish and go, man, there's some poverty up in here. You know what I'm saying? But Sam went on a trip and did a sports camp where we taught the gospel, shared the gospel through sports. It was so awesome. And he gets wrecked and God used him to reach the lost. But in turn, God had something waiting for Sam on that mission trip. The Holy Spirit was there waiting for him to share something with him. And Sam comes back home and starts noticing things. Okay, man, when I'm driving through North Park, why are there no nets on the basketball goals? When typically he would just drive past, he he told us, he would drive past and just go, somebody else needs to take care of that. Why don't the park guys like go buy some stuff? Why doesn't somebody else go do this? Somebody else should do what I see. And then when he came back from his mission trip, he started seeing things different because his perspective changed. And he said, as I was giving out on this mission trip, telling people of the gospel of Jesus, God was filling him up to see things different because what he was doing out there, God was wanting to bring it to do it here. And so here he starts noticing, man, somebody's got to do something. And I think that somebody's got to be me. Because we can all blame things on other people. Well, they need to do this and they should do that and they and that person and they really need to get on that and how dare they. But maybe just maybe God gives us a vision to see things different to go, I want you to be responsible for it now. And don't you think for one second when God starts giving you that responsibility, that burden, Sam, with the basketball nets, he goes up and he goes, puts them up there. He's like, I'm gonna do, however you gotta put basketball nets up. I don't know. Can you tell I'm an athlete and I know what I'm doing? Okay. Puts him up there and going, no, I, I am responsible. I have something to own now. My question to you today is this. What has God shown you that you've done nothing about? Because somebody else was supposed to do it. What has God shown you that you've done nothing about? There's no condemnation. I'm not bringing judgment on you. I'm just bringing it back to the surface. Going, because maybe, just maybe, God entrusted you to be the change. God entrusted you to make a difference. Just like Sam and many other people. There are so many Sams in this house, I can't even count, that have tasted and experienced the presence of God in such a real and new way that has left them never the same. Where they go, I can't be the same person I was when I left after serving at a harvest fest, after coming to encounter night or going to women's Bible study or men's Bible study or doing whatever, going on a global mission trip. I can't be the same person because of what God has done for me and what I've seen him do for others. It's not just ourselves that we go to ministry to while we're on missions trips because we are all A-L-L a part of the body of Christ. Believe me, we have much to learn. 
America is not the end all be all, I will tell you that. The church is alive and well globally and I've seen for myself the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I've seen for myself, we've seen witch doctors radically saved where eyes pitch black turn to normal and you're just like, nothing to be afraid of because the Bible says that the same power that conquered the grave lives in each one of you. There's nothing to be afraid of. And when we look at that and we encounter the presence of God in such a real and new way that leaves us never the same, his presence is what we're after. Because God's original design was for us to be close. Don't forget that. He wants to be close. That's the message. That's the heart of heaven. God going, I am now giving you an assignment for us to make right all over again what was lost when sin entered the garden. What an honor. What an honor that we get to be the carriers of that message in spite of ourselves. And you might even be thinking, okay, cool. That sounds awesome, Hannah. I love that. That every tribe, nation, and tongue will come to know the name of Jesus. That's so awesome. I love that Christians are taking up the Great Commission and being for real about it. That's so awesome. I love that so much. This is so great. I love that the world is not our permanent home. Hebrews 13 talks about it, that we are looking and longing for one yet to come. We're just traveling through. But on the way through, I will tell you this, I'm not gonna stand before God and go, yeah, I I still have much more to give because I was too scared. I was too intimidated. I was too insecure. I didn't know enough, so I never said anything. And I just said, I'm not gonna step out in faith. I can't do it. I will tell you this. If you wanna leave a legacy, if you want your life to mean something, give away your life. The book of Matthew, it talks about when you really want to find your life is when you lay it down. If you try and hold on to it is actually when you lose it. Young people, I'll tell you today, culture will tell you opposite. Hold on to it. And that's, it's me, myself, and I, and I'm the only one I can trust. And I'm the only one that's going to make it through because nobody else can be dependent. No, we are a part of a body of Christ for a reason because we need each other. I need sometimes the faith of my mom and dad because God knows how much I've needed it in the last year. I'm gonna be honest. And of my friends and of my family going, God, what? What am I supposed to do? This is hard. You're asking more of me? Oh, this is a bummer. And he's going, when he wants, he doesn't, Kevin said it. He doesn't give partial, he gives all. So he expects the same in return. And I will tell you this, this isn't a, tit for tat thing like that with God. God in his kindness, when we lay it down, lay our lives down, he will identify and clarify and make waves in deserts where you didn't even realize were possible opportunities for you. I promise you that. And my dad talked about this earlier. They put me on a plane at 18 years old, a few days after my high school graduation. That sounds all cool and brave, we were bawling and squalling our eyes out. Every single one of us. William, my mom and dad, Hillary, Mama and Papa, everybody. We could not handle ourselves. I could not handle myself. I can't even tell you where North is right now. And I am a grown woman. So it's, it's, see me at 18 
trying to navigate through an airport multiple times to get to the Philippines. I didn't even know where that was on a map. But before I made that decision to go to that school, we were talking about it, me and my dad, because we were sitting and it was like, hey, Hannah, graduation's coming up. And I'm like, yeah, cool, why? What? He's like, we need to make a decision. I said, who's we? Why can't y'all just make the decision? And he goes, no, no, no. This is on you, girlfriend, to make a decision for your own life. And I was like, well, I didn't go to school for academics. I went to school for social events. I was not my thing in any way, shape, or form to even think about what my grades were, okay? And I went to Westminster, so you can imagine the turmoil I brought to a lot of people. I just wanted to go have fun. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to see my people, go home, run some track, do whatever, like, and go home, okay? So we're like, no, girlfriend, you need to start thinking about your future. And Pastor Jim brought this idea, and he goes, if Hannah wants to be trained by the best, this is where she needs to go. Well, that put the literal fear of God inside of me, where I was like, I've never been away from my family for seven months, let alone travel to a foreign nation by myself, because I'd always gone with a team who would tell me what to do. I would literally hold on to Hillary's book sack in the airport because I was so afraid I'd get lost. Okay, so it sounds all cool and great, but let's be real. I still struggled. I was still scared. And we were talking and my dad's like, tell me what's going on. Why are you so afraid? This is, Hannah, this is everything you could have ever wanted. Can you imagine the faith he needed to have in that moment as a parent, encouraging me to go, them having no idea what was on the other side of it? And I'm an 18 year old girl like, I wanna be a kid forever jokes on you like God was like bless your heart and we were talking and he's like tell me what you're afraid of I'm like I don't know that I'm just gonna get lost he goes is that really the biggest issue I was like yeah and he goes listen to me and then when he says that you just got to buckle up because you're about to go on a ride that you didn't ask for okay I was like I'm about to get schooled and I don't like that like he's not Again, I still thought my forehead was stronger than theirs. So my mom had all these rocks. I'm showing you the backside for a reason. My mom had all these rocks and in her office, and that's where we were meeting at. And we had just started the Opelousas campus, and she was teaching kids' church. So she had, like, faith, hope, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, everything that I need, clearly. Um, and my dad looked, and he found one, and he goes... And he grabs one like he does. I mean, I'm a visual person, so he knows I need some help. He grabs one and on it, I'm gonna show this to this uh, camera. Y'all see what it says on there? Courage. This is the rock that my dad gave me at 18 years old. And I've carried it with me everywhere that I've gone. Every country I've lived in, every mission ship I've done, I've brought it with me. Now, it weighs, it's not light, but it's not heavy either. And he goes, listen to me. In order to do what God has called you to do, you're gonna need a lot of this. You're gonna need a lot of courage. Now, I'm on the floor, bawling and squalling my eyes out at this point. I'm like, (gasps) I am so afraid and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, listen to me, that's not who you are. God didn't create you that way. Here's your great assignment, Matthew 28. Worshippers and doubters, here's your great assignment. Go and make disciples of all nations. But in order to do it, you're gonna need a lot of this. And he gives him, he's like, take it. 
deal with yourself. <laughs> we have a saying in our house, wash, go wash your face, clean yourself up, pull yourself together after Hannah, because the other two don't do this, but after Hannah's bawling and squalling her eyes out and all that going, in order to do what God has called each one of us in this room to do, it's gonna take a lot of courage. It's gonna be beyond you because that's where God gets all the glory anyways. Because life was never meant to be about you, nor was it meant to you to get all the glory and the honor and all that because the Bible does say at the end of time, we will lay every crown down at his feet and go, it is as worthless rags. The Bible says my righteousness is like worthless rags, dirty, disgusting rags up next to Christ. And go, what an honor it is that we get to have courage to go, I might not know everything, but I'm gonna show up anyways. I might not know what serving in this house looks like, but I'm gonna show up anyways. Because I believe God's word when it says, when you lay your life down is when you really find it. And I need to find my life. And I'm gonna find it in him because any other way won't satisfy. The great commission, the best thing is that our courage is found in Christ. That Jesus has given us this, this identity, this blueprint. You don't have to look for your purpose in a job, in a person, in a thing or a place. Jesus is going, it's right here in me. Here's where your purpose lies. Give your life away and I will give you a much better one. One that you could more, even better than you could ever imagine. He gives us the great commission, our great assignment. And just like God in the kindness of who he is as a good father, uses Jesus to go this. And at the very end, he gives us his great commitment. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. That not for a moment when we step out in faith, when we step out in courage, that God won't meet us there. It's gonna take some guts. It's gonna take some humility. And it's gonna take each other to link arms with going, I can't do this by myself. I need Bettina to accomplish what God's called both of us to do in our lives. Or I need Cameron, or I need Makisha, or I need Miss Courtney, whoever it may be, I need them. Because I can't do this by myself. It's gonna have courage to say, I need help. I'm a mess. But God's gonna come. I'll make it so much better than what you could ever imagine. So I don't know what your next step looks like at all. Pastor Eugene's gonna come up and talk a little bit more. But whatever you feel, I pray that the Holy Spirit, I feel the Holy Spirit, I pray you feel the Holy Spirit. Moving and pressing on things in your heart of going, I, I need to step out. I need to stop living for myself. I need to be, stop being so concerned with myself and give my life away. But I need some courage. If that's you in the room, I just encourage everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. I wanna pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the opportunity, God, to come and share this message with your people. Father, for every person in the room that's going, I need some of that. I need some courage. I need some hope. I need some boldness and bravery. God, I pray, God, Father, that your spirit would meet each one of them right now and give them the boldness and the courage to step out and walk in obedience to what you've called them to do. Whether that's a mission strip, whether that's serving locally, whether that's showing up regularly and making church a priority, whether that's being in community with one another, whatever it may be, God. I pray, Lord, 
Father, that you would pour out your spirit on each one in this house and that they would walk in courage. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.